there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Paris and Alana, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. Okay, so to start off our pornography series, we decided we needed a guest. <laughs> well, we probably need a guest for all of these episodes because <laughs> Paris and I just can't do this by ourselves. Um, no, so today we have... topic. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so today we have Tim Bussey with us. And Tim, I actually know Tim. He works at the church that I attend here in Kamloops at Kamloops Alliance Christian, Kamloops Alliance Church. Christian. Okay. The thing that we go to sometimes, but not anymore. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. So Tim's lovely. He, when I started going to KAC, he was the uh, youth and young adults pastor, but now he's kind of transitioned into a different role in the church. Um, but I remember when we were um, in like the youth and young adults era, um, he did a really great talk one time on pornography and that's what jogged my brain when we were starting this series. I was like, Oh my goodness. I remember Tim had like so much wisdom about this stuff. So we need him to chat to our listeners, um, with all his wisdom. So Tim, I'll let you kind of do a more um, detailed <laughs> intro for yourself and what you do and all that good stuff. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to be here. And, um, yeah, I- Tim, I've been married for a little over 12 years now. I have three young kids, three, five, and seven. And uh, um, yeah, I uh, love talking about these things. I think they're super important. Um, and maybe just a little things human-wise. Um, I like basketball. Um, I do some woodworking and fishing. Uh, it's kind of stuff I do for enjoyment. Um, and uh uh, yeah, my new role, as, as you kind of pointed out, Alana, is uh, I was youth pastor for over 10 years, and uh, now I'm pastor of spiritual formation here at okay. uh, Campbell's Alliance Church. And so, um, yeah, I've been in this role now for a little over a year. I started just before uh, COVID hit. So I was like, hey, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, what am I doing? It was, yeah, uh, what's it was, going on now? Yeah, it was like pivot and then like real serious pivot with COVID. It was uh, no a good job. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, I love what I do. And one of the things I, I, I just want to say, I love that you have this podcast. Uh, I think um, in my experience mm-hmm. in youth and young adults ministry, we would always make sure we would do a series, a sermon series once a year on uh, this sort of thing, whether it be sexuality or relationships yes. or pornography. And then we would have one to three days uh, or three nights kind of throughout the year that we would focus in on on these issues as well. And and inevitably some student like a week or two after we would have this series would come to me like, we never talk about these issues. We got to talk about this. Like, like we just like we just last week, weren't you were there? I'm pretty sure. Um, but I think that just goes to show that um, we are so saturated with sexual content from our world, um, and we, we could speak on it every week from church, and it wouldn't it wouldn't do it justice. And so I love that you have a podcast on this, and that you're doing this stuff. I think this is this is great. This is fabulous. So so thank you for what you're doing. This is this is awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's actually been a lot yeah, of fun, even is, though I remember God movement. it is. Yeah. At the beginning, people were like, how are you going to talk about like sex every week? Like you're going to run out of things to talk about. And we're like, uh, no, <laughs> like that's nope. not been a problem oh, at all. <laughs> yeah. So not a problem there at all. Um, so Tim, can you give us a bit of, you know, what your 
heart is passionate about in regards to like pornography and people who struggle with that? Yeah, well, I don't struggle with it all. It's not an issue, right? And how non-interesting. That's clearly a joke. I just want to throw that out there. Um, because, I, I, you know, I, let me share my own, my own, my own story. Um, I, my first experience with pornography, uh, I was in junior high school, walking to school one day uh, before the internet was really huge. Um, and uh, I was walking by a recycle bin. And all of a sudden, I happened to be looking down. And as I took three steps past, I went, wait, what was that? I turned and I looked back and there was a penthouse magazine in the recycle bin. So I grabbed, which is a pornography um, magazine. I grabbed uh, as a 13 year old or whatever I was, grabbed the, the thing, shoved it in my backpack and kept walking to school. Later that day when I came home, I pulled it out and had a, a, a look through. Anyway, so that was kind of the start of my journey. I ended up getting onto the website, onto websites and stuff like that. And uh, unbeknownst to me, there's this thing called history on websites, uh, to which my dad found out about it uh, and uh, threatened me within an inch of my life. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so I, um, yeah, that, that kind of like set up a, you know, a wave of, of kind of sh shutting it down pretty quickly. My parents mm. put some pretty firm controls on things and only allowed me on the computer at certain times, which honestly, I think parents don't do enough of today. Yeah. Uh, I really think we do a disservice mm -hmm. when we don't put parameters around our electronic yes. use for our kids. Um, even yes. young, the, the average the average age of, of exposure to pornography right now is between seven and nine years old. So oh, at 13, yes. although I feel like that's crazy young, um, yeah. seven to nine is now the new because of just the availability of pornography. So anyways, my oldest is seven and that scares me to death. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's just super important. Anyway, so so my parents kind of really clamped down hard on it. Um, uh, and so, you know, pornography then at, at that point really was um, shut out of my life in, in a, for most intensive purposes, but I was able still to access it here and there. Um, and okay, so here, here's a, let, let me get, let me get kind of just honest and vulnerable with you. So uh, masturbation was not an issue for me. Um, I actually uh, remember being told about it and uh, I tried it and it didn't work. I didn't, I didn't understand how it worked. And uh, so I was like, I found why would I do that until I got married and then I got married and then it was like, oh, this is weird. It's like, okay, this is how it works. And then it became a struggle. So anyways, that being said, um, you know, God has been gracious and, uh, you know, I, I've been free for a while and, um, and, you know, but I still have things like I use Covenant Eyes. Uh, it's a great online software that's a, just protection on there on, on for your, your web and your phone. So I've got it on my phone, I've got it on my iPad, I've got it on my computer. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I, I, just can't really go on those things right now. My, my, my covenant eyes, uh, sends a report, um, as often as you want, so whether it's daily or weekly or monthly. So I have it month weekly, I believe, yeah. um, send it to my wife and it sends it to a friend who I meet with weekly and we, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into some more of that stuff as we go, but, um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit of my journey. So I, I think I'm passionate about it because I, I think, um, you know, as we think about following Jesus, I think we need to talk about those really culturally relevant things. And I really believe that as we rightly understand what sex is and, and uh, how to, uh, why did God make it? Cause he made it, you know, and, and, um, and then how is it uh, supposed to operate in our life that when we do it well yeah. uh, um, and we understand who Jesus is in our relationship with him, uh, it just changes everything and, and, it, and it's awesome. And so I think sex um, is such an important, in, in particular pornography is such an important topic to dig into. Because uh, it has Absolutely. such an ability to take us, take us out. So. Yes. Okay. No, thanks I for sharing that. Share that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. Like actually going back to, we've been asking our followers a lot of questions on our Instagram page. And a lot of times um, you can see like the deep, the deep roots of shame coming forth as they are actively taking a step and being vulnerable and saying, this is me. I have struggled with this. And just, you know, being able now to share like this openly which we thank you from the bottom of our hearts, like that crisis put you into our paths and into now this overflow of people that can hear your testimony and be blessed by it and be like, there is freedom. Like we are human, you know, and to like so many people I find will just take, you know, will go sins like pornography and struggling with pornography. You mentioned masturbation, right? And they'll just level them as if they're just these horrendous things and you're like less than human because you've done them. And we've heard so many stories like that. And, you know, now just bringing your story to the table, like, no, like this, we're human, you guys, like this is real life. And that's why we're raw and vulnerable and sharing this now and tackling. There is redemption to have, right? One of the lines we throw on at our church is that we're, we're not a museum of saints. We're a hospital for the broken and sinners. Love right? it. And so, Absolutely. Um, you know, as, as a pastor, I, I, I feel like I've got to lead the way in that. And and, yes. and we're so used to like leading the way in holiness. Look at me and my, you know, amazingness, uh, you know, instead of like, actually look at me, I'm broken and I yes. need Jesus too. And so I, I just think that that's really important for me to say, I'm not coming here because I'm somehow amazing and I've made it. I'm coming here because I'm a sojourner and, and I've, mm-hmm. I've learned some things along the way for sure. I've researched and read and talked to lots yes. of great people. Um, and, 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 but I've gotten help. Um, and I just think, man, that that's, this, this is a part of the journey. Let's come together and understand this. And I would also say, um, that's my journey. Um, and I love that one, I'm, I'm actually talking to two females about this because um, it's more and more becoming a female issue too. And I've talked with many females and talked to many females who, who have wrestled with this as well. Um, Absolutely. So, which is huge. And that was actually, we had a lot of our uh, followers reach out to us and they're just like, can we also just stop acting like this is a man issue? Yeah. Like this is a human issue. You know, we yeah. all like, there's so many people that are like, we're all struggling with it. There's men, there's yeah. women. And they're like, can you bring that to the table? And we're like, yes, like you should not yeah. feel like you're the yeah. only woman dealing with this because that's, that's definitely yeah. a lie too, which could become a very a very dangerous path, you know, that the enemy is going to target. So thank you for saying that because it's and, so true. Yeah. In fact, Paris, let me, let me point out something. I'm going to kind of throw out some stats later. Um, and a lot of them yeah. are actually done on men um, because that's the primary um, place of research that's been happening because it's been primarily yes. recognized as a man's issue. Um, and so just, yes. just want to point that out there that that's where most of the research is. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that it's not a women's issue. And I would say, um, one of the, the ways that the devil um, keeps us from finding freedom is that he, he, he keeps it a secret in our lives. We don't tell anybody. Uh, the devil loves secrets. And, yes. and secrecy yes. is really closely connected to shame, yes. which we'll talk about later as well. And so it's, it's, sure. uh, you want to find freedom? Sure. Don't make it a secret. you got to tell somebody. you got to bring someone in. And we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll dig into absolutely. that more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and I love that because that goes alongside – everything we talk about here is like have an accountability partner, bring things to the open. Like the first step to freedom is acknowledging that and getting open about it because then you're really releasing those shackles of secrecy because that is a huge tactic the enemy uses. So I love that you said that. 
Yeah, that was something I was actually going to ask. Because like, you mentioned like you have like this person you meet up with and the stuff goes to your wife as well. It's like, what does that look like for you? Or what advice would you have for someone finding an accountability partner if this is something they struggle with? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, you know, in, in one of the, the questions that we'll, we'll dig into, I, I, yeah, I want to dig into that more. I, I think the, the issue there is intimacy. The issue with um, pornography is intimacy. Uh, it's actually not pleasure. Um, sh- shame, and I'll talk about some stuff in a bit too with, with shame and how that's all connected. Um, and, and I really think actually a linchpin issue is getting that person who you can journey with. Um, I actually think accountability is is um, is a misnomer word because it, it connotes judgment and it connotes like, I'm going to hold you accountable when you mess up. I'm going to tell you you've done wrong. And actually right. that contributes to our shame, uh, which actually contributes to our inability to get out of it. So mm. I've heard people say like, um, don't hold them accountable, hold them capable. Um, and so to me, I think with the power okay. of the Holy Spirit, we are capable, right? And so, um, so you know, I think it's not wrong to call it an accountability partner, but I think, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you can, if you can find that person who you're not just sharing your sins, but you're sharing your life with. Um, that you're you're learning to be um, to understand each other, to to love and encourage one another. To, you know, like those types of things, I think are really important. Um, shame is an, is is one of one of three main reasons why people uh, struggle with pornography use, and so um, you know we we just need um, we need someone. So how do you find that person? Well, you get involved in your church's streams of, of relationship, whether it be a small group or a men's ministry or a women's ministry or, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, find somebody, somebody who you have a connection with, take them for coffee and, and just chat about life, get to know them, you know, ask them some questions about their life and, and, and see if maybe this is a person that you could journey with. Or maybe you have a friend. In fact, I was uh, counseling someone recently who said, man, I'm just in this COVID season, they have moved cities and they're struggling to find relationship and find that person to really um, journey with. And so we've been praying and talking about it. And finally, he had this friend and he's like, I'm not sure if this person could be that. And then he just got brave and he said, man, I'm just struggling. Like, I feel like all my friends have moved away and I just don't have anybody to connect with on a real deep Jesus following kind of level. He just like laid it all out there. And, and he said he was so blown away because the person was like, oh man, you too? And he just was like, came out of like, this is totally the struggle I have as well. And so it was just this beautiful, like, hey, now I have this person that I can journey with um, and we can wrestle together. So I think there's, take, be, be the, the courageous person to take that initial step of, hey, let's go for coffee. And then also um, uh, give them the gift of going first and, and, and sharing your struggle. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's where it's got to start. Absolutely. I love that. That's such a good point. And I really like that you shared with us, like how going back to the accountability conversation, how that can often just be that word can be like a misnomer of, Oh, that's shame. That's okay. I'm, I yeah. like that you said that because me personally, I don't think of that word that way, but you saying that I'm like, Oh gosh, I know people who feel that way. And that just hasn't clicked with me. And I love that you said it's what did you say? It's a capability. Like hold you're the capable, capable, holding them. Capable. Yeah. I love that. Here, That's so good. We've gone. So let, let, let's, let's, let's dig into this maybe. So there's, yeah. there's kind of three, um, three main reasons that a person, um, uh, a person goes into, um, a person struggles with 
pornography. Uh, one is lack of purpose. Two is sexual abuse in their past uh, or, or present. Uh, and, and three is, uh, is shame. And so um, th these indicators um, are, are significant. Okay, so for instance, um, a lack of purpose. And this one actually is, is in particular a man's issue, um, although does does go across the gender barrier. But like Genesis 3 um, is a great scripture verse. Um, it talks about the curse of man um, and, and how it, it actually characterizes futility, right? So in Genesis 3, 17 and 19, states that the curse for man is all your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. If you struggle to have purpose, if you're in a career and you just feel stuck and you're not sure if this has meaning or value or purpose, um, you end up having like a, a, you know, a soul ache, right? And so the, the easy way to fill that is through pornography, right? Here's something that makes me feel good. It overcomes this lack of zeal in my life. And therefore, I, I can mask it with this. Um, sexual abuse is, is another thing. Um, sexual abuse, it, uh, so just, just a quick synopsis as to how it works. It's, it's, people think of it, typically it happens by a stranger. Um, that's actually, um, is not the way it typically happens. It's almost always by someone trusted, a parent, an aunt or an uncle, a brother, sister, a babysitter, a coworker. Like there, there's, it's actually usually a person, even a pastor, right? It, it's someone who's built trust with with the person, and 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 everything about the relationship at the beginning feels good, feels right. There's trust. This person's really cared for them. They've really supported them. And then there's slowly little things that have to start to take them in, in a not so good direction. A touch of an arm, uh, you know, hey, you're really strong, right. right? Like these these encouragements that maybe are like not totally wrong, but like, hey, why are you encouraging me about that? They start to right. take them down the flow trail. And then all of a sudden, what feels so, what felt so good begins to actually feel wrong. And you're not sure why and you're confused like wait but this person loved me and cared for me and now we're doing these things that don't feel right and i'm not sure and so pornography actually does the same thing initially you have an urge you have a desire and you get into pornography and it starts to it feels good at first and, but then it starts to feel wrong it doesn't feel right and so it just repeats itself so sexual abuse is, is a part of that and then the one that really i think under undergirds all of them is shame um so if you feel shame um, it, it's, it, th this is really what leads you back. Now, let me just describe what shame is. Okay. So, so we all feel guilt yeah. and, and a lot of people do feel shame. So guilt is about what you do. Shame is about who you are. Yes. So, uh, if you do something wrong and you feel guilty about it, what happens is you feel, you feel guilty and you go, Oh man, I did that wrong. And that wasn't okay. Right. So, you know, my wife and I, we, we often, you know, I'll, I'll say something that's dumb. I'll be overcritical or whatever. And so I just go in and I'm like, man, I, I shouldn't have done that. That was hurtful for her. Uh, I, I was too critical and I should not have done it. Okay, so that's guilt, right? Because what I'm focused on is what I have done. Um, right. Whereas what shame does is it comes in and it flips that, which by the way, guilt is good. Um, it, it, shame flips that and it says, not only what you did was bad, but now I am bad. You are bad. That's right. right. It's an identity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so now, oh, yeah. I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible husband, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you just go down that rabbit mm -hmm. trail. I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. You know, and you begin to go on this rabbit trail of, of beating yourself up. And there's lots of research out there that shows actually people with high amounts of guilt 
actually, and then this is, this is worldly statistics, but have high amounts of success. So whether it be business or relationships, et cetera, whereas shame is actually linked to a lot of addiction. So if you struggle to beat yourself up, oh. you're more likely to uh, be caught in pornography or other addictions um, as a result of it. So um, Covenant Eyes uh, is a great website. I already mentioned it. Um, if you haven't looked them up, look yes. them up. They have some great resources on their stuff, covenanteyes.com. Um, and and uh, I, I read a, a blog this week, uh, and he talked about it. And, and this is what he says about shame. In fact, he was the one who, who gave these three things. Um, uh, the, the guy's name is Jay Stringer. He, he did a stu study on 3,900, or sorry, 3,600 men and women. There's the one piece he did on both. Um, uh, who had unwanted sexual behavior. So whether that be pornography affairs, mm. buying sex, um, it, and this is where that, that came out of. Um, and so th this is what he says about shame. He says, it has to be said, shame, not pleasure, drives pornography use. Yes. Mm. We think it's a pleasure issue. I just want pleasure. I just want to feel good, right? Hedonism is so big in our, in our world right now, which is For this sure. like drive of, I just want to, I, my life is about pleasure and the next adventure and the next thing. Um, and so he says, we think it's that. It's not that. It's actually shame. Shame drives pornography use. And he goes on, he says, as a clinician and researcher, I am convinced of this reality. We are bonded to shame and judgment far more than erotic material. Mm -hmm. How good is that? Absolutely. Hey, like, like Absolutely. we so think this is, I just want this. And if I live in this thing and, and we, we have these questions and these lies that the devil feeds us, right? Actually, this is yes. what we're made for. We're made to have sex and all these kinds of things. And this is yeah. so great. When actually research shows, no, that that's not the driving factor in pornography. The driving factor in pornography is shame and self-judgment. Yes. Or like that just changes the game in my mind. And, and to me, then I go, I go back to scripture and I go, okay, Jesus, John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the Bible, right? He came to give, yes. uh, to give life. Uh, and, and, and then John 3, 17, which is the verse we often skip over, says, Jesus says, I came not to condemn the world, right. but to save it. That's right. Yeah. But condemnation is shame, right? We, I am yes. condemned. Now, now here's the great thing. If you read scripture, it, it doesn't often differentiate between guilt and shame because Jesus saves us from both, right? Yes. He saves us from our shame. We are not broken and, and uh, beat up and bruised. And we are actually healed from these things because of Isaiah 53, right? Um, by, by his wounds, we are healed. And so we actually find wholeness, restoration, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the old has gone, the new has come. And even in that newness, if you read 2 Corinthians 5, he says the old has gone, the new has come. He's talking about the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, that he's yeah. payment for our sin. But in that, interesting enough, he gives us purpose. He says we are now ambassadors yes. of Christ. We are ministers of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So he gives us purpose, right? Which again, then again goes back to that lack of purpose, right, yes. that we feel. And so the oldness has gone, the new has come. We're getting these, these beautiful things that Christ has come through. And I'm getting all excited. Amazing. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. So I, I just want to read a little bit more, another great quote from, from yes. uh, Jay Stringer. And, and this is what he, he goes on in the shame piece. He says, when we experience shame, it attempts to convince us that we are unwanted. Mm. In response, we pursue behaviors that confirm it. Although contemporary addiction thinking is that we go to pornography for escape or medication, I found that men and women pursue pornography for the purpose of judgment. We intuitively know that each time we indulge in pornography, we feel less, 
lovely, and connected. Mm -hmm. Therefore, our pursuit of pornography is intended to convince us that the holy longings of our heart will never come to pass. Knowing our hope has been compromised, we experience shame. Right. It's like self-sabotage. 100%. 100% self-sabotage. So here's here's, here's the, the antidote, he says. The antidote to shame is to turn towards it by telling others the places where we harbor it. Wow. The antidote is I, I, I have a passion to dig into these, these issues yeah. because because I see this as, as an intimacy issue. And I, and I just see scripture mm. as an intimacy mm -hmm. issue. I, I'm studying right now um, uh, uh, the Old Testament. And um, I, my, my prof, and I'm taking a master's degree from Northern Seminary, and my prof just said this great thing. He said, we look at the laws of the Old Testament and we don't understand it. And he said, but, but the laws always have to be connected to covenantal theology. Covenantal theology is relational uh, theology, right? A, a covenant is, is a contract, right? Is God right. says, if, if you do this, then I will be your God and, and you will be my people. In other words, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we often, we often get impurity. We do this purity culture of the 80s, 90s, and, and, and early 2000s. Yeah. It is so wrecked our ability to understand pornography because we've divorced it from mm. relationship, right? Mm. And I love that Stringer goes here and he just says, no, no, hold on. The whole issue is intimacy with God and with sure. other people. This Absolutely. is what we need. And when we when we share these secrets, when we share these things we've been hiding, we've been embarrassed about, we've been ashamed about, actually that's where the beginning of freedom and renewal and newness happens. And again, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, uh, Paul writes, he says, the old is gone, the new has come. And then he says, you are now ministers of reconciliation. This is your role. And reconciliation yes. is a relational yes. metaphor, yes. right? You're, you're bringing people back together. What has been relationally broken is now coming back in unity. And so this is what yes. actually uh, makes us free. This is what actually makes us new that we find newness in relationship. We ask, we, we got to, we got to, got to, got to get into relationship. Uh, you know, if you're sitting here and you're going, I'm so lost in addiction to pornography, I would advise you, don't even worry about the particulars of how to get out of it at this moment. The very first thing you need to do is tell somebody. You, you just yeah. got to figure it out. If you've got to crawl to your neighbor's house, you know, you don't even know if they follow Jesus. Just tell them. You know, you got to tell your spouse. Yeah. Just spill the beans. You've got to find some way mm -hmm. to tell somebody because it's just so mission critical to finding freedom. Because it, it, it's, it's got to be about intimacy and friendship with your spouse, uh, with somebody who you trust that will help you um, journey in these things. And if you tell that person and they're like, I don't know what to do with you or how to do with this, mm -hmm. just say, it's okay, just listen to me, <laughs> you know, and just spill, yeah, sure. spill your guts. And, and, yes. and I think you'll find that to be a, a huge step forward. It's crazy. It makes it seem, I mean, I know it's, it's probably much more complicated than all of this, like, but it makes it seem so simple, mm -hmm. right? Like this is the problem, right? Like this is the, the shame <laughs> It's like what is like the root of what draws people to continue in this like pornography addiction. And if it's like, if the, this, the, meh, what's the word? If the solution to the problem mm -hmm. is just, you know, telling someone, getting it off your chest, you know, getting it out in the air to someone, it just, it makes it seem like, I mean, obviously there's probably a lot of healing that needs to come after that, but the fact that that's where you start, like that's that's pretty doable. I feel like, I mean, it's a hard thing to do, obviously, to like tell someone what you're struggling with, but it's like, at least there's like 
start here and then see what happens. Like, I think that's really beautiful. And, and I think I see that because um, we, we actually get into unhealthiness because of relationship and we get, uh, sorry. Yeah. We get into unhealthiness because of relationship and we get into healthiness because of relationship. Because of relationship. That's right. right. It, it's actually both the, the, the source and the cause of our woundedness yes. and it's the source and the cause of our healthiness. Right. Yes. And, and the foundational piece of that is God. Right, we we, we, yeah. we find unhealthiness because we are divorced from God. We've run and we've rebelled, and we actually find healthiness because we, we are intimate with Him. And so, relationships are are, are the undergirding this. I started a new ministry at our at our church called Rooted, and it, we've kind of cast it as this like um, ministry of practicing learning to practice the faith. And everybody in our Western world comes with our, our Western ideals, which is individualization, right? I'm going to do this by myself. I'm going to learn how to do these right, correct things, and I'm going to apply them to my life. What they don't realize is that they're going to get the, the foundational practice of the whole thing is relationship, right? That actually um, you have to do these practices together. Otherwise, you're going to misunderstand the practices in and of themselves. And so not, not that you don't do things on your own, right? You read your Bible on your own. You pray to Jesus on your own, right? Like you're doing that with him. But, but you have to do things in community as well because that's yes. the point of how God has created us. And so... We, we in the West don't like that. We, we want to be individuals. We want to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We want to know, oh, I, I'm strong. I can do this. I can figure it out. But actually, you um, you, you are not a self-made person. You cannot be. In fact, if you want a secular viewpoint of what that is, look at Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers. In there, he, he talks about yes. the, the, the um, unknown story of success, of how actually it's not because you've been born this way or you have some natural peace within you. He talks about our, your birth order in there as actually, you know, yeah. NHL players and how they're, they're NHL players because they're born. Most of them were born in the first four months of their of, of the year. And that just, there's a trickle effect that anyways, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit trail. So interesting stuff. Like I find that stuff so interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. It's helpful. Yeah. Okay, so Tim, with what you shared with us so far, this is really amazing. And um, you guys, Tim and Alan and I, we had a phone call together just going over this and, and just, you know, really laying out our vision of this and what the Holy Spirit has been really just knitting together amongst this ministry and, and bringing people in. And Tim shared a really amazing acronym with us, and it, it was HALT. Tim, could you elaborate on that? Because I feel like that would wrap this conversation up really well. Yeah. Uh, so HALT is just kind of... Uh... You know, what are the triggers, you know, what, what, what triggers you often to go into these things? So when you're, uh, you know, shame is the undergirding piece and the stuff, but, but sometimes we just need those practical things. Okay. Yes. When do I actually go to pornography? Like what's the actual thing? So HALT is a, is a acronym that helps us understand it. So it just stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. <laughs> it's like really simple. Like sometimes you actually just go to pornography um, because one, there, there's, there's maturity that lacks, right? Because we're, we're, there's shame, there's undergirding shame there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trigger from that shame is I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, I, I need mm-hmm. food. So your body's lacking energy, your body's lacking, uh, power and sustenance. And so your, yeah. your, your, um, uh, barriers, your strength is not there to resist temptation. And therefore you actually get into it. So hungry, angry is a part of that, right? Uh, in particular for guys, and anger is something that a lot of guys struggle with. Scripture talks lots about that, about anger. In your anger, do not sin, Ephesians 4, 26. So angry, get angry with a spouse or angry with your child or angry with a coworker or who knows what can make you angry because your car won't start, right? Like lots of things can make you angry. 
and and or just bubble you know lots of little things throughout your day and you're just frustrated at the end of your day which by the way frustration is a word we would prefer to use but frustration is anger i'm just frustrated today okay, actually you're you're angry that's, you're that's angry. what angry. <laughs> right <laughs> Let's right? be honest. We, we try, yeah, we, we try to downplay it, but it's it's straight up anger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it's more culturally acceptable word for it. Yeah, um, totally. We we um, when we get angry, it, it we we want to feel good. In fact, uh, funny enough, anger is a secondary emotion. Yes. So we feel anger when we want to cover up something else that feels less powerful and less controlling. Right. So mm. so for me, I get angry when I feel embarrassed. I, I, right. In my shame, I, I get yeah. embarrassed. That's where I go. I feel I, I feel uncomfortable. I feel embarrassed. I feel dumb. Right? That's my that's my shame word that I you know or or whatever it is. So I feel embarrassed. So instead of feeling embarrassed, I get angry mm. because anger feels like I'm in control. I'm more powerful. Yes. I can you know right. I have the right things to say now. So I get angry instead of being okay with okay wait I'm I'm actually embarrassed right now. What's mm-hmm. and, and just being being okay with that. Okay, so what what's my embarrassment about? Where's that coming from for me? Mm-hmm. What's that? About? Okay, there's shame there. Okay, maybe actually I can speak some scripture to that. Well, I'm, I'm ashamed because maybe I, I, did, I did something at work that didn't go well. Didn't have a great or, or I got a bad grade on assignment or my wife is frustrated because I, you know, I didn't, you know, bring home dinner when I was supposed to or pick up kid from school or whatever, right? right. And so I, there, there's some embarrassment there of a missed thing. Okay, I did that. And that wasn't good. Okay, that sucks. And it's okay that that sucks. Mm-hmm. And I can feel embarrassed about that. Uh, so, I mean, we can do that and just recognize that actually that's where I'm at right now and, and, and allow my anger to subside and realize that I'm doing that to try and patch something in my soul. But when we feel angry, it, we, we, we actually, it revs us up. But, but when we get angry, it actually will also um, eventually will kind of run out of steam. And, and then when we run out of steam, we go to pornography because we, we want to, we want to fill that, right? I got nothing left. I'm angry. I, I'm, uh, uh, I've got no energy left in me. And so now this is something that will make me feel good, right? Anger was that thing, but that's done. Now the next thing is pornography. So yeah. that, then there's loneliness, right? Um, my, my biggest temptation, um, and I said this to my wife and, and to my, my friends, when my wife goes away for the weekend like, and I'm home alone, I don't know what it is, but when I'm, I'm, when I'm home, yeah. home and the kids are home and my wife's home, I'm not nearly as tempted. But when, when they're gone, the temptation just spikes. And, and, and a lot of times I'm like, I don't get it. Like why? Like last weekend was the same weekend. I had different things I was doing, but the only difference is that my wife and kids aren't home. So I'm lonely and therefore I'm tempted. So, so loneliness is that right? Cause it just brings up totally. that like in our soul. Um, what is it? Uh, tired. And then tired is the last one, right? When you're tired, yeah. again, your defenses are down. You've had an exhausting day. You want to feel good. Um, and, and, and your defenses, shame comes out easier, right? All these things and therefore we go to our devices to, to self-medicate. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's the halt thing. Um, I, I want to maybe share a couple more things on how we, how we actually get out of the kind of in the immediacy of things. Um, there's a great book years ago in purity culture um, that was called Every Young Man's Battle, although I recognize that it's not just a young man's battle, nor is it a man's battle. Uh, it's both a woman's battle and a woman's man's battle. In fact, I was chatting with someone recently who, who uh, uh, Sid Coop, actually, um, he, uh, Canadian Youth Workers Conference, does a lot of youth ministry stuff. He wrote a great thing on pornography, uh, like a little um, a curriculum, I guess you could call it. Uh, so look up Canadian Youth Workers Conference. Um, and they have a pornography thing that you can download that will help you if you want to journey with somebody um, through some of this. It's, it's fabulous. 
Uh, Sid is a great um, leader in these things. Um, and uh, he told me that he had someone reach out to him. He's in a small group of people 75 years and older who are struggling with pornography. And, and he said, we need help. We all feel embarrassed about this. We feel like nobody else our age struggles with this. How do we, how do we do it? So it's not a young man's battle. It's not just a man's battle. It's, it's everybody's battle today, especially with the, wow. the availability of pornography. So anyways, um, uh, every young man's battle in there, they talk about the sumo sex drive um, and how our, our sex drives are actually have, we've consumed so much sexualized content that our sex drive has ballooned to being way bigger than it actually was originally designed to be. And so simply a part of actually helping us overcome that is to starve our sex drive a little bit, which I don't recommend if you want to like lose weight, like a sumo wrestler might. <laughs> Starving is not a good diet uh, <laughs> recommendation, but in, um, in our sexualized culture, it is, right? Like we just try to need to try and limit um, you know, the different places we go. Like, if you know, like, you go into the mall in Kamloops, right? You know, if you're walking by, um, what's it, what's that, that lingerie shop? Um, yeah. Right, like uh, Livian Rose or La Senza. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. You know, you're going to walk by that. They have massive posters out there, right? And it's like, okay, how do I, like, avert my eyes, right? Like, tell tell whoever you're going with, hey, you got to help me because I know I'm going to lose steam when it comes and I'm just going to look. So we, we either got to avoid going there or you got to like cover my eyes and leave me like a blind. It's going to look really dumb, you know, in the mall, right? <laughs> now that, that being said, there are times when we can avoid it, right? Um, in Kamloops, it gets really hot in the summertime. You could be walking yeah. uh, you know, downtown uh, Kamloops and someone's walking by who's, you know, not wearing a lot of clothing, right? Yeah. And, and it's just hard. And so there's a technique they call bouncing your eyes, right? Um, yes. It's easy to do a second look. It's unfortunate. You're going to take it in. It just is what it is. So how do you bounce your eyes? So you see it and you bounce. And in that, I really want to encourage you. Don't judge yourself, right? Don't, don't shame. Don't judge. Don't, don't. It's like, okay, I saw it. It is what it is. Move on. Even if you did a double take, okay, I saw that. I don't want to do that, but I can still choose to bounce now, right? And every time you I can choose to bounce now. I don't need to look to you and tell somebody in the moment, right? To choose to do the, what might seem like the embarrassing thing and say, hey, there's a person over there, there's a thing over there, there's a poster over there, there's whatever, and yeah. it's just not good for my heart and my soul right now. Can you just help me? Can we go a different route or whatever, right? And, and just Absolutely. help yourself with that. The other thing that has been probably the most helpful thing for me, honestly, um, is, is this idea of diverting instead of damning. So when we get into these situations, um, we often, it's like, okay, I'm feeling the pull. I'm being tempted. I'm being aroused. And I, I'm feeling the pull into, um, uh, into pornography. And what we end up saying to ourselves is no, 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 right? Which almost never works, right? And, and when we're saying no, we're essentially damning, right? There's, there's the flow, right? The river's flowing, it's building, the rain clouds have come, and the water's swelling. And it's like, no, 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 but I'm getting swept down this river. And then we try to dam, we try to dam, but, but it doesn't work. If you've ever tried to dam up a river, right? You, you've done it with, you know, as a kid or whatever, you built rocks along a little river, you try to build it up and it builds a little pool and it actually does a little bit of help, right? At the beginning, kind of slows things down. But what happens um, with the rocks? Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? the, the, yeah. They're immersed or, or the, the water eventually builds up and overflows or, yes, or yeah. breaks through uh, one opening and gushes through that thing, right? And so damming doesn't work. Here's what does work. Diverting. So one time a friend and I, we were really bored 
and, and we we're young adults and we, we went to a, a creek near here and we actually diverted the flow to one little channel. And, and there, there was up on this bank and what we realized, this was really bad, okay, I don't recommend this. We diverted it, it actually dried up a whole half of the river. And we all of a sudden saw these like little tiny fish and these little things, they're flapping all over and we're like, oh my goodness, what, what did we, we just do? do? And we realized it would take too long to try and like break the dam and have it go back. And so we, we just like grabbed this bottle and we started throwing these little fish and we tried to save them. Anyway, but, was, but we diverted and it worked quite well. We were shocked. Yeah. But diverting it to something that has more power and strength mm. and, and can captivate your mind and yeah. take you in a more positive direction. Okay. So yes. for me, um, often it's, it's things like, uh, like I used to be big into whitewater kayaking. Okay. So when I was a young adult in particular, I would just, I would just think about whitewater kayaking. What's the new river I'm going to paddle down or the wave I'm going to surf or, you know, now for me it's fishing or, or basketball. Or I, I start to think about, okay, maybe what's a new lake I want to go check out or, or, uh, you know, maybe a new project I want to build in my garage or something like that. Right. Something that just easily grabs your attention like that and, and diverts, or maybe you're going to look up a different kind of video. Right. And so, you can divert it way easier than you can now. Um, and, and it just helps to divert and get you out of that sticky situation in the moment um, and, and helps to, to make a change. So so halt, right? Hungry, angry, lonely. Know your triggers, right? And know when they're coming, right? Uh, like for me, um, right around lunchtime, right before lunchtime, about 11.30, I get hungry every day. I, I just, I have a high metabolism. And so I have a snack drawer in my office. So no, I just eat. And so I just, I have like my pre-lunch lunch and I, I just eat a healthy snack and it just helps, right? It just keeps me so I'm not, I'm not hungry, right? Um, and when I, when my wife goes away for the weekend, I know that, hey, I, I text my buddy, like wife's gone for the weekend, check in on me, right? Yes. And that check in on me yeah. helps me know a buddy's coming and, and, I, and he's got my back. I'm, I'm not alone by myself. So mm -hmm. those kinds of things I think really can can help us um, get out of those. And, and I've talked with couples who have felt like they've gone too far before marriage and, and they, they've, they've started to understand the triggers. Like mm -hmm. um, for one couple, I can remember they, they were, they were pushing the envelope. They didn't like where they're going. Yeah. And uh, they realized she would have a bad day. He would want to console her. So he would come over, he would console her. And one thing would lead to another that she right. was feeling down. He was trying to be helpful. And then they started to go to a place that they didn't want to go to. Yeah. And they realized, wait a minute, actually, this is a place we'd go to. So they realized, okay, hon, like I can't come over when you're feeling bad, <laughs> right? Like as awkward <laughs> as it is, I'm just going to stay on the phone and listen yes. to you because we do bad right. things when we get in the same room and you're not feeling good. Mm. And they reported afterwards, like Tim, it was honestly, it actually made it really easy. We just didn't, I just didn't get in the car and drive. You know, I gave the keys yeah. to my roommate, you know? And so I think we can do these yeah. things that, that help us get out of these situations that, um, that, that kind of mitigate the immediacy, at least of it anyways. These things won't solve the root issue, right? Um, if you bring relationship into it, it will begin, but it will help to get you out of, out of that immediate environment um, and, and start to bring some health and some, some, some distance from them. And then in Covenant Eyes, right? Like, or something like that. There's a number of them out there. Fightingnewdrug.ca is another great website for right. resources. Um, yeah. and, and go and get, get yourself a web browser, right? Like sometimes I search things that I'm not looking for something. And it's like, sorry, you can't search that. I'm like, I'm being innocent here. Come on. But, but that's, <laughs> a way better, that, that's a way better thing to have happened 
than to, Absolutely. you know, because there has been times where I've searched things and I know I'm going down a path that I shouldn't be going down. And the, and the web browser's like, sorry, you can't search that. I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. Yes, right. I'm out here. Close the laptop. Off I go, right? <laughs> and I'm, right. I'm out. That's you right. know, and yeah. so it's good. It's just yeah. like that warning of, right, no, this is not where I want to be right now. So, yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much, so, Tim. I feel like this was just a really like practical, like just brought it right down. Right. And I think I, I really appreciate that. And I really, I just love listening to you talk about it. Cause I can tell that it's something that you are passionate about. And I love that. And I think that's really, it makes it come across really like really easily. Like you just can talk about it so easily. And it's really easy to listen to you talk about it because it's something that's so on your heart. And I love that. Um, and I'm really, I really hope our followers like it as well because I feel like this is just such a really practical way to just yeah. you laid it out there yeah right keeping it real life and then to like for people to know that this is a no judgment zone we keep saying that over and over again it's like you guys it's just like what you said Tim like speak all all of this into life get it out like rip those secrets apart like the more we are in community with each other and then upholding each other and know that you're in a safe place like that's where a lot of healing ultimately begins hey friends thank you so much for hanging out with us as we dive deeper into meaningful godly intimacy tackle the hard questions and embrace truth while we're at it we're also on instagram at kingdom sexuality You'll find our Instagram handle below in the show notes, where you'll also see any other resource links we may have mentioned in today's episode. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. And we cannot wait to continue this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.